0: Should a consensus first-rounder be getting drafted even earlier? And could the Padres outfield have a surprising look?
1: Like Duff and Taxes, Dodgers has been a Dodger. I have That's not true. had the uh, three cold Bars. brews yet. It worked great, great in a fantasy I'm just glad mm. I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic.
0: Welcome to Fantasy Baseball on Fifteen for Monday, July thirteenth. I'm Al Melchior, and I'm here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. It's a real was a really busy weekend. I imagine we have a lot of busy weekends now uh, from this point going forward. So I thought what I would do is just basically rattle off some of the bigger news stories from the last say forty eight to uh, seventy two hours, and then just let you have at the ones that you think really are most deserving of, of some analysis. So. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Araldus Chapman uh, tested positive for COVID. Uh, Francisco Lindor uh, is probably going to hit third in Terry Francona's order for uh, for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, that coming uh, to us from Mandy Bell of MLB.com. Vladimir Guerrero is going to make his shift to first base this season. The Orioles have made an offer to Yasiel Puig. Uh, that report coming from Mark Feinsand of MLB.com. Both Buster Posey and Michael Kopech have opted out. Cole Hamels has tricep tendinitis and may not be ready for opening day. Chase Anderson has an oblique strain. And the Padres released Brian Dozier. And I think DVR, you called that one. Did did you not?
1: I think I wanted to release him in the OTP sim that we did. I just didn't really see him fitting on that team very well. Um, And, you know, hey, maybe there's still something left in the tank, but... I just think the fact that he was clearly a backup always made me skeptical that he was going to stick on the roster all season if he was a uh, part of their opening day plans. But yeah, busy weekend, uh, like you said. And, you know, Roldis Chapman testing positive for COVID. I-, I noted that in the way Aaron Boone described it, he made it seem like they're not expecting Chapman to be back quickly, but that could just mean, you know, a couple of weeks, right? And we're within. 12 days of opening day. So it's right around the corner and Zach Britton becomes a little bit more interesting to begin the season, just because he looks like the most likely candidate to finish out games for whatever period of this season Chapman is forced to miss. Uh, So I think Britton gets a small bump up here. Francisco Lindor hitting third, I think is great because it gives him more categorical balance than if he's leading off all season. But Cesar Hernandez was the name that I saw as the possible leadoff hitter for Cleveland. And I think that makes him a lot more interesting than he would have been had he possibly been uh, positioned in the bottom third of the batting order. So uh, I kind of thought the the fallout from both of those first two items was interesting. You know, Vlad Jr. moving to first base, certainly uh, a little bit of a hit and keeper in Dynasty Leagues, but probably something that you knew was going to happen someday with Vlad Jr. And if he just hits the way he's supposed to, Where he plays defensively really doesn't matter, I guess, as long as he doesn't become UT only, in which case, then there'd be a little bit more of a a downturn in fantasy value. And the way that third base and first base are set up right now, Al, I almost like him better at first base, just having him added to that pool.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit topsy-turvy, but I uh, agree with you 100% on that, that uh, that's the way that uh, first base has trended over the last few years, um, you know, really of the uh, infield positions and certainly um, I mean, I think deeper than second base, but uh, you know, really leapfrogged by shortstop and third base. So uh, yeah, maybe it's a, it's a net positive for Guerrero. I want to go back to Lindor though, because uh, you're absolutely right about um, uh, Hernandez uh, becoming much more um, relevant. Uh, but I think for Lindor himself, uh, his ADP right now is 8th overall um in in uh, at least according to fantasy pros is there room for him to move up because i mean i think this is going to be a, a pretty substantial boon for lindor in terms of run production
1: i think it's possible i i think there's probably an argument for lindor to go as high as 5th overall and and maybe part of that hinges on how much you want to lower mike trout based on the possibility that Trout misses some time. We talked about that previously. So I could see Lindor being one of those guys who does creep up a little bit. Uh, I thought he was kind of right there next to Mookie Betts all along as someone you'd think about in that same range, the early half first half of the first round. So I just like getting more balance. You know, I think the the downside of being a lead off hitter is, you know, you, you might score 110 or 120 runs if you're going to be elite, elite in that category. But your RBI opportunities are going to be significantly down. And I just think to be a great first rounder, hitting third is kind of the optimal place to do that. Since Lindor runs, he doesn't run like Trey Turner runs. Being in the leadoff spot as a table setter doesn't necessarily give him a lot more green lights anyway. I think that's the only possible drawback. is maybe hitting third, he runs a little bit less often. But all in all, I do think it's a slight bump up to his value.
0: All right. Yeah. And and, I mean, you said as high as fifth. I think maybe you could even if you are really uh, not sure about Mike Trout, I think maybe you can make an argument for fourth. Uh, You think is that that out of the question? No, not at all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting stuff there. Um, Let's go back to Yasuo Puig. Uh, Orioles have made an offer. So, of course, now, you know, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but this is definitely the most substantial news we've had about Puig in, in months. How do you like this for him? because obviously it's it's a great park for him. Um, but uh, you know, run production could be could be a challenge in that lineup.
1: I think he'd hit in the heart of the order though, so it's kind of like you know like a CJ Crone situation in Detroit where because of where he'd hit, some of the things that would maybe work against him in a better lineup are offset. Uh, home park is great, so I think that would bode well also for Puig. I'm actually surprised he doesn't have a team already. Uh, You look at most projection systems for him, they're kind of at a a partial season right now. I think Zips is the only one that has him projected for most of a shortened season, 54 games, nine homers. Uh, Most projection systems have him in the 260 range with the batting average, chipping in some stolen bases as well. So he is going to be pretty dependent on where he hits in a lineup if he has a team. And his chances of hitting in the heart of the order are as good in Baltimore as they are really with any other club.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really it's a great fit for him in, in almost every way, um,
1: so that's for sure. Smelling good is important, and thanks to Hawthorne, smelling good is easier than ever. It's time to move on from that old bottle of cologne that you've been holding on to since high school, and it's time to start taking care of your hair and skin. Here's how it works. Just take a quick two-minute quiz, and Hawthorne tells you the products that are best for you, including two colognes, one for work and one for play, along with a full complement of shampoo, conditioner, body wash, deodorant, and lotions that smell great, but are also free of sulfate, silicone, and aluminum. All of Hawthorne's products are cruelty-free as well. You can even take the quiz for someone else to find the perfect gift. Hawthorne is totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns. Check out Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. Two more players
0: opting out over the weekend. Buster Posey and actually that that feels like ages ago. That was I think back on, on Friday. And then uh, more, a little bit more recently Michael Kopech. Um, now, I think the, the place where a lot of us jumped to with the Posey news was maybe Joey Bart gets a uh, gets a shot, but that was pretty much debunked uh, pretty quickly by the Giants organization, and, and it makes sense. I mean, Bart probably does need a little bit more development time. Um, do you think that there's anything there to, to be on the lookout for with the, the Giants catcher situation, and then what about the, the White Sox pitching staff fallout?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think – Tyler Heidemann actually becomes kind of interesting for NL only leagues and maybe more of like a waiver wire watch guy for for deeper leagues. He's flashed some power in the minors. So there could be something there given the added opportunity. I, I wasn't really expecting Bart to get the nod anyway. I, I, some people suggested this could happen. I remember when I posted my rankings, there was someone in the comments who said I should rank Bart because Posey's going to opt out. And Whoever that person was was a little bit of a fortune teller since that comment was made before that news broke. Uh, but nevertheless, I, I think my skepticism all along is just that the Giants would have no reason to begin Bart's service time in 2020. I think they can call him up early in 2021 and kind of figure out the position alignment to whether Posey's going to play first base or Bart's going to play first base or maybe. Maybe someone moves the left field or something, too. I mean, who knows what's what's really in the cards there? Um, I just I wasn't expecting Bart to have a role this year and and Posey opting out slightly increases those chances, but it's still less than five percent for me. I just I don't think he's more than a reserve pick in NL only leagues at this point, kind of a lottery ticket. Uh, Kopech opting out was pretty surprising. I you know, he was away from the team, never really reported to camp or anything. So it wasn't like he got there and, and left. It wasn't that kind of surprise. But I think I was just trying to read the tea leaves and expect him to show up maybe a week late and make his push for a rotation spot, possibly be a multi-ending reliever initially, but eventually be one of the primary options in that White Sox rotation. So um, it's an interesting development, I think, in terms of how it impacts the rest of the rotation. Carlos Rodon probably is... In a better position now, uh, he was anyway, just from you know recovering from his own injury and uh, entering this version of camp healthy. Whereas back in March he was not, so I would say that Carlos Rodon is probably the guy who gets the biggest up arrow as a result uh, of Kopech sitting out this season.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense, and obviously something that wouldn't have been the case uh, if the season had started earlier, uh, necessarily. And then a couple other pitcher uh, developments, a couple of injuries: Cole Hamills and Chase Anderson. The Toronto one's pretty, pretty interesting because you figure Nate Pearson's going to be in that picture, and um, basically Charlie Montoyo confirmed as much, but also framed it in the context of Pearson having to compete with a whole bunch of candidates. Uh, So are there any candidates either in that Braves or Blue Jays picture that uh, interests
1: you a little more at this point? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think the, the Braves pitching depth is a little more impressive to me. So I think anytime one of their young starters, uh, Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson, anyone like that getting an opportunity to start definitely gets my attention. Whereas if it's not Nate Pearson, I kind of see guys like Ryan Barucki and Anthony Kay as potential streamers, but not necessarily guys that I'm drafting in mixed leagues, hoping for uh, every start use. I think if the Jays are going to make Pearson a part of their rotation, you may have to wait uh, one week into the season before that opportunity happens. So if you do draft him outside the top 200 is probably where he's going to go, even with this increased possibility of having a spot. Um, you're going to have to wait that first week, possibly two before they actually start putting him into the situation of being a regular option for them every fifth day. They're also going to be looking to preserve service time, but I think the Jays are a little more interesting than a team like San Francisco, because in a shortened season, I think their playoff odds go up. And I think with that, Mm -hmm. that young core they have, I mean, they could surprise the high variance of a short season is something we've talked a lot about. And if they want to hit their highest end outcome, I think Nate Pearson, making a lot of starts for them is one of the things they would have to do to get there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, certainly, you know, I think we all like the upside uh, of Pearson much more than uh, the, the many other candidates who are, are competing there. So it seems like a good upside play. Uh, We, we talked uh, at the beginning about Brian Dozier being released, but there's another Padres development that I just, I found, frankly, I found it fascinating, Uh, actually there's two parts. Tommy Pham is back. Um, he had tested positive for COVID. So fantastic to see uh, Tommy Pham uh, return to the Padres. And there was a piece in MLB.com from AJ Casavell where he said that the it looks like the starting outfield will be Pham, Myers, and Grisham. So a couple of obvious um, omissions there, Franchi Cordero and Josh Naylor. One could be the DH, but... Cassaville also said that Edward Olivares has already really opened a lot of eyes in, um, in the training camp and he may have a leg up for that fourth outfield spot and, you know, with, with the DH, I mean, he could really land some, some playing time. He stole 35 bases at double a Amarillo. That's the the sod poodles, by the way. Um, (laughs) And uh, you know, definitely uh, anytime somebody with some steals potential comes onto the scene, I I think it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So I already put a bid in for him in, uh, in one league. Um, Where would you want to pursue Oliveras at this point?
1: I think there's a path to maybe put him on the bench in a 15-team mix league. I mean, being the fourth outfielder in a situation where things are not completely locked down in all three spots. And, and Tommy Pham is as good as this news is. I think about his uh, soft tissue injuries. I think about you know, Will Myers having some, some major issues that could cause him to lose playing time. I mean I think Grisham... And Fam are are guys they definitely want to play as much as they possibly can. And I think Myers is a guy they sort of feel like they have to play because of the contract. Um, But having that universal DH, you know, that's that's big because one of Franchi or Naylor or Olivares could end up in that spot as well. And I think cheap speed is so hard to find. In the case of Olivares, it comes with some power too. 123 WRC plus last year at double a 18 homers. 35 steals. I mean, what, what more could you ask for? I, I like, he does a little bit everything. He puts a ton of balls in play. He walks a little bit. I'm um, definitely a good sleeper that you could kind of put in your mix for one of your last picks at this point.
0: Yeah. So I've already put in for him in, in one deepish league and um, definitely have him queued up for the upcoming score sheet, uh, supplemental drafts as well, uh, which I hope to talk about later in the week, by the way. Uh, so yeah, he is uh, one speedy sod poodle for sure. Um, great piece by Gene McCaffrey. Um, he's always, uh, always very insightful and, uh, it's it's worth a read. And so that's why it's our featured read for today's show. Short season tactics, dissecting umpire data. Loading up on pitching and more. That's Gene McCaffrey. Uh, do check that out. That is uh, must reading before you start uh, assembling your uh, your roster for good for this 2020 season. And that's going to be all for this Monday episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. For Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier. We'll be right back here on Tuesday.